0: the time is now the time of going around in circles the time of doing things in our own will the time of doing things in our own understanding has to stop in the name of jesus i do not know why but this morning i hope the word will make sense mm-hmm. <laughs> when Pastor really asked me to preach i don't know i mean it's almost two weeks but nothing could come into my spirit nothing could come to my mind i kept saying to pastor susan i don't know but my mind is blocked i don't know why and then i was looking at time and then one day i sat down and i took a piece of paper and a pen and i started writing and something was coming and i was writing almost three pages and when i finished writing i looked at this thing and i was like you know what something is not adding up i just didn't have peace it like it was written down it was a good message it was even maybe funny But it was not adding up. And I went back and God said, you know what? The time of entertainment is over. The time of coming to church and getting entertained and going back the same is over the time is starting now not because i'm talking today but the time has come that when you come to church my, situa- my situation has to change when i go back home things has to change amen it is not about what we look like it is not about who's talking it's about the word of god god has given me a word it's as simple word as possible it's just so simple but i pray that in the name of jesus you'll hear it and understand it amen thank you jesus god says the time is now You know, my grandmother died at the age of 87, and she kept on saying, these are the last days. And I kept on looking, and she says, no, these are the last days. And I'm thinking, no, I mean, years have been going, but you keep on saying, these are the last days. And I didn't understand that's what he meant. But what she meant is that these are the last days. It is happening. We might not see it. We might not see the way things are supposed to happen, but these are the last days. Things are happening. The labor pains are here. But the thing is, we're in the labor pains, but you're not even preparing for the birth. That's where the problem is. We're in the stage of somebody to say, it is time to push, but you are not ready. Why? Because we're focused on the things of this world. We're focused on the entertainment. We're focused on saying, let me go to church, because today I'm going to receive a miracle. I'm going to go to church. If you don't receive, you still go back the same. Why? Because you didn't get what you want. It is not about that. It's a time of worship. God says, come and worship me. It is time to worship. Now is the time to worship. He said the time is now. Thank you, Jesus. The time is now. Thank you, Lord. The time is now. I just want to focus on Jesus. And someone can say, we know about Jesus. We're taught from preschool about Jesus. But I want to talk about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. We're standing here because of Jesus. I want to say today, Jesus is a healer. Jesus is our provider. We know what Jesus has done. It is such a common ground that we talk about. But do you know what it means? Do you, when you sit down, do you know what it means? God is bigger than what we're just reading. God is bigger than what we see. We have turned Bible to it, biblical stories, you know, Tinkerbell, that we read and say, you know what, I'll read this for my child to sleep with. It is not about that. There is so much in the Word of God that when you read, life changes. When you read, situation changes. I just want to say today, I'm standing here, I'm a testimony. Pastor, will I've given you testimonies, I'm a testimony. I'm standing today. I'm a testimony. I was not going to stand today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Today, I was not going to stand because the devil tried. I couldn't stand yesterday. When I was laughing, I couldn't breathe. And it was so intense, the pain yesterday. But then I understood that the devil wanted me to focus on the pain. The pain was so much. When I spoke to Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Susan, the pain is so bad that when I breathe, it goes straight. But you know what? I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to speak the word of God, because He's my healer in the name of Jesus. My daughter gave me a song last week, and I posted it in my status. They never understood what the song was saying. so I say, "Thank you, Lord." And when she played it <laughs> Jesus, my, they think I'm crazy. When they played it at that moment, I started dancing, and I think I repeated it eight times. And then they said, what is wrong with you? I said, you do not understand. When you have that connection at that moment, when the Lord says, I'm going to heal you, it doesn't matter what you're feeling. It doesn't matter the pain, but the healing is coming. Thank you now. Thank you in this season. Thank you for the moment, because when it comes, you're going to feel it in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter right now. I'm feeling the pain, but the Lord God Almighty says, I have healed you. It is all about a thousand years ago. He says, walk in it. Pain, walk in it. I walked in it yesterday and I was laughing and my children said, what is wrong? I said, you No, know, the pain is there, but I'm not going to stand. I almost said, Pastor Suley, please carry on. But the God said, not this day. This word is going to come out, whether the devil likes it or not. God says, I'm the God of today and forevermore. I'm here today. I'm still going to be here. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray that when I give you this word today, it won't be just a, a word. God is raising you up for the next generation. I have a burden. God is raising you up for the next generation. You know that we are the generation. We've got the burden that about are supposed to be carrying over. If we don't, then there's a problem. If me as a parent, I cannot prepare my child so that they prepare their children, then there's a problem in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this word. I wanted to go to Matthew twenty-five, one, eight. I said I'm going to talk about Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Matthew 25, 1, 8 says that, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to the ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. When I was reading, God says, you know what? The time has come. I want to talk about the Christian world. I don't want to talk about people outside. I want to talk about here, the Christians. We are the Christians. But sometimes we are the five foolish and the five wise. God has given us everything. He has given us the word, but we're not using it. The ones who are preparing, when the time comes, they will st- stand and meet the, the groom, but some of us will not, because our lambs are not filled. Our lambs are not prepared. We're not ready to trim it. Why? Because we're looking at the things of this world. We're looking at the entertainment. We're looking for what I want to have? I want to look for the next thing to do. I want to look. It's, it's like it's a competition. Life is not a competition. Because God says, I am coming. Are you ready? He says, I'm going to look at this like the five versions. Prepare your lamp. God says, prepare your lamp. Amen. I want to say that as we go. Jesus said that I am not here to abolish the law. Thank you, Jesus. I am not here to abolish the law. Thank you, Jesus. Why I want to talk about this, you know the Bible is in correlation. What happens in the New Testament happened in the Old Testament. The Bible is not a one-one. What happens in the beginning, it's there. It confirms it. But sometimes we want to pick up a green salad. I don't like olives. I'm going to take a lettuce. Bible is not like that. If you can read it from the beginning to the end, that's when you're going to get the revelation. When you read a scripture, go back and say, God, what are you saying? Because God says, I will confirm my word in the name of Jesus. I want to speak about the prophets who spoke about Jesus in the beginning. And then The ones who prophesied and it came to pass. Why I'm talking about this? You know the people who died in the flood when Noah was there. Noah said, prepare yourself. The rain is coming. Prepare yourself. The rain is coming. Why? Because we don't want to look and listen. We think about what, you know what? It's all about our lives. Many missed it. Many died in the flood because they didn't want to listen. Many are going to miss the second coming. Jesus. Many are going to miss the second coming. Father, let it not be us. Let it not be this church. Let it be this generation. But Father God, help us that we do not miss the second coming. Why I'm standing and talking about this, many miss Jesus when he walked on earth. But they missed him. Oh, Jesus. They miss Jesus when he walked in front of them. Why? Because they wanted to see what they want to see. Yeah. God says that I'm speaking. I am talking. But you're going to miss me again. Oh, Father, let us not miss you in the name of Jesus. Matthew 5, 17. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Thank you, Jesus. He says, I'll come to fulfill them. You know that there's words about Jesus in the Old Testament. If he came to abolish it, he means that he does not exist. If he came to abolish the Old Testament, he means there is no Jesus. If he came to abolish what is in the Old Testament, he means there is no Jesus. He means that you are not going to be Jesus. We are not going to be at the end. We are not going to see the glory of God because why you want to believe in the New Testament. Jesus is not a New Testament gospel. Jesus is not a New Testament gospel. Jesus was there in the beginning. God says that in the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, Jesus was there. When Adam and Eve sinned, Jesus was there. Genesis 1:26. He said, let us make men in our own image. Jesus was standing there. He was making part of that. Jesus was already there. Jesus didn't come when it was time to die. No, God didn't create him there. He was already in existence. He was already there. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to look at the sin. When the sin was committed. The sin, if you go to Genesis 3.15. Amen. Genesis 3.15 says, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offsprings and her offsprings. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Thank you, Jesus. God knew when they sinned that, you know what? I need to come up with a plan. I'm going to come up with Jesus. And he came up with Jesus and said, Jesus, you have to go and save my children. You have to go and harvest my children and bring them to me. Thank you, Jesus. But what I want to understand is that you must understand when God was saying um, the hostility between you and the woman and between you and your offsprings, and he will strike your head. What it meant, it meant this. Crushing his head, meaning that when Jesus died on the cross, the head of Satan was being crushed when jesus died on the cross the head of satan was crushed amen if we need to understand that when the second coming the head of the satan will be crushed i know i don't think you're getting it i'm saying when jesus died on the cross the head of satan was crushed amen when the second coming the head will be crushed the lake of fire jesus will be destroyed he might be thinking he's winning you might be working on your finances. You might be working on your situation. You might be working on what you're going through right now and thinking he's one? He's not going to win the battle. He is already crushed. Amen? Amen? It says that he bruised your heel. What it meant, when he crucified Jesus, he thought of God it. It was a bruise. It was not a thing that is done. It was not a done deal. It was not something that says, I am finished. God said, I am finished. Jesus was saying, you know what? I just bruised you. And there's nothing else you can do further than that. Because Jesus is coming. And when he comes, things are going to change. Things are going to spin around in the name of Jesus. Your situation is going to change. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes I just want you to understand this. Your life is like a puzzle. I think I've said it before. Your life is like a puzzle. Your life is already set, picture. It is already done deal. It's standing. It's in pieces, it needs to come together into one. Just know that the Judas in it is part of it. The picture that God has given you, the Judas in it, it's part of your picture. It doesn't matter where it comes. You know, sometimes when people are being horrible to you, just say it is okay. It is part of my puzzle. You are pushing me towards my destiny. You are pushing me towards my breakthrough. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you're like, oh, they're doing this to me. No, it's okay. It is your breakthrough. He's pushing you towards where you're supposed to go. That puzzle is going to fall into place in the name of Jesus. The job you have, the business you have, the children that you have, you are going towards your picture to be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Amen? Thank you, Lord. A scripture that will confirm that in the New Testament, you read it at home. That is Romans sixteen twenty. It confirms what God says, that I will crush your head in the name of Jesus. Amen? Jesus' is birth. If you go and read Isaiah 7, 14, Thank you, Jesus. It says that, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a vision shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. Amen. You know, Isaiah was speaking about this. That was 700 years before Jesus' birth, and there is no way he could have known that. Meaning that someone was telling him, you know what? It is about to happen my son is coming he had to take it out so that the people know that the son is coming the son is going to be birth of a woman so isaiah said it and it was confirmed in the name of jesus in matthew 1 the bible is in go back and balance it it makes sense that this is what god is saying i've learned to read the bible some of us we reading like a, a novel we're reading it like a novel. It's like, read and read and read. And then you ask me after that, I don't even remember. But now you read it with understanding that when Isaiah says this, Matthew is saying it to confirm it. When Isaiah is saying this, that the Christ is coming and is going to be born. It is going to happen. Amen? What I liked is when I was reading with the confirmation, when you read Hosea 11:1, there's a correlation that is so amazing in that thing. You know, Jesus, when Israel was called out of Egypt, when Israel was called out of Egypt, God says, I'm going to rescue you. He rescued the Israelites. <laughs> Jesus, he rescued the Israel out of Egypt. But look at this. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Hosea 11:1. He said, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. This prophecy was written by Hosea also, approximately 800 years before Christ was born. And then I want you to see the correlation. Thank you, Jesus. Remember that we were slaves in Egypt and they were called out. And also Jesus was called out of Egypt. If you do not understand the correlation go back and read again. If you don't understand it, go back and read again. Joseph and Mary fled Egypt from Herod. Why Herod wanted to kill Jesus? And He was killing all the boys. The same thing happened in Egypt. No, no, no. You're not getting it. The same thing happened. You see the correlation there. Hosea said, this is what happened. You called Israel out of Egypt. And then Jesus said, the same thing happened to me. When Jesus was called out of Egypt to rescue him so that this can happen, Herod didn't have a plan. He could have tried and run after him and tried to kill him. There was nothing he could have done because Jesus already rescued Israel. From Egypt. The same thing happened. So that Jesus can be crucified. Because if he killed him there, that would have been such a simple death. But he had to go on the cross for my sin and your sin. He had to go and fight the battle. He had to go and die such a gruesome death. For me, so that I can stand and say, Father, you have healed me. Father, you have risen up from the situation of death to stand. But it's all about belief. Do I have faith for it? They can say it in the Bible. Do I have faith for it? Do I use it? Jesus. You must understand the relevance, the correlation, what is going on. I'm just going to go to the death. Jesus died such a gruesome death in Psalm 22, when David says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was talking about Jesus. Jesus, I mean, David didn't know. But he knew that something is going to happen. He said in Psalm 22.1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus said the same thing when he was on the cross. That is a confirmation that God is going to die for me and you. And he died for me and you. It is already done. It was like thousand, thousand, thousand years ago. Amen? In Matthew 27.38, that was confirmed. That's when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Thank you, Jesus. The death that is going to rescue many from their situation. You know, when I was praying, I wish that I came and we started praying. I wish that there was a prayer service this morning. I don't know. I just had that bedding. I wish that there was a prayer and a worship service. But God says, I want you to go deliver the word, simple as it is. It is all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Let's not make it fancy. It is all about Jesus. When you make it so fancy and do all these things, you know, when people run after marriage and be willing to be paid 5000 where's wisdom there? If you are willing to drink petrol, where is wisdom there? That doesn't need magic thinking. It just needs wisdom. You cannot go and say, God says drink petrol. There is no way unless you don't use wisdom. And logic sense. Thank you, Jesus. Resurrection. If you read Psalm forty-nine, fifteen it says, But God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He surely take me to himself. Ah, resurrection power. Resurrection power. You know that resurrection power? I don't know. Pastor Pastor Zubin spoke about my husband. You know, resurrection power. I I know. I know the feeling. When my husband was diagnosed with with a stroke, (laughs) I remember going back home. I think I was like I was confused because I was crying. I was thinking I don't know what is happening. And I was crying so much. I went on my knees and I prayed. I said, God, I will do anything. You know when you're desperate? You say you'll do anything. When it comes to do anything, it's like... Oh, where is anything now because now everything is fine. I cried. I said, Father, please don't take him as long as you keep him and this and this and that. But let us not forget what God does for us. I mean, we were saved right here. How many of you have forgotten? Ah, Jesus. Hey, if you haven't seen God, I, I don't know. Those who were here, it was a movie. <laughs> Jesus. Those who were here, it was a movie. Who would have seen God in that situation? God is our rise and fight on your back. I now arise and fight on your behalf. You know, God just stepped in in that moment. I confused the enemy. Hey, he confuses the enemy. That the enemy will come back into I don't know how you did it, but it happened. That is my God. I will laugh. When, imagine you say you like to laugh. I'm, even my mother I was talking to her, and I was like, I'm not feeling well. And I kept on laughing. I was like, you know what? That was my medicine. <laughs> I don't like stale situation. That is why I, made, I mean I have to laugh. If I don't laugh it out, I then I get sick. So me, I just want a joke. me just laugh, even if I faint, they let it be okay. But I wanna laugh and say to the devil, not with my life. Ah, I refuse, devil, not with my life. And when it's touching me and making me sick, I tell you, not with my life. You're touching the wrong point. Jesus, you're touching the wrong point because I've seen God. I mean, Pastor Willis here. If you do not see a miracle, what else do you want? Ah, Jesus. House of harvest is a house of prayer. Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment. He's going to redeem. He said, for my return, I'm coming. Are you ready? Pastor Tio, are you ready? He said, I am coming for my return. When you go to Daniel 7, 13, 14. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> he says, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority. Thank you, Jesus. Glory and sovereign power, all nations and peoples of every language, worshiping him. His dominion is the everlasting dominion that will pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. His return, it is imminent. I don't know if it's the right word, but his return is going to happen. Whether we like it or not, I said the flood, they missed it. They thought, "No, know. Noah is joking. You know what? She like, he likes to be fenced. They missed it. The others, they missed Jesus where he walked and killed in front of them. He missed it. Jesus says, I'm coming and my return. Are you ready? Church of God, are you ready? Are you ready because I am coming? House of harvest, prepare for a vision. House of harvest, prepare for the word of God. God has got a vision here. I don't know how many of you read it. I don't know how many of you knows it. I know some of us, if you were to ask, they don't even remember what it says. Thank you, Jesus. The vision is here. Read it. Let's follow it. Some of us are sitting down. Thank you, Jesus. The message of keeping people happy, motivated, is like a gold-plated earring. You know that, that gospel? That is like a gold-plated earring. Maybe even this one of mine. But anyway, what happens is that <laughs> plated gold, it looks nice. With time, he will be thinking, okay, what's going on? It's going like bronze or something. So is the gospel of the false prophets. Father says that the false prophets are here. Are we seeing them? They're all over. Those who say there's not, you shouldn't be tithing, those are the false prophets. Those who want to keep you in the poverty state. God says I didn't come to abolish the law. So why don't you want to tithe if He didn't come to abolish the law? That is the gospel of the fake gold. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let us not deceive the children of God. Let us not deceive the poor souls. And the devil wants to know the ones who are struggling there. Where you go and find children struggling and make them even worse and tell them not to tithe. You know, when I was doing a message where they said the poor woman, God said, Jesus said, you you know, you gave more than each and every one of them. Why? Because you took out of nothing. You know when you take because you've got a lot of money. Jesus, Thank you, Lord. But when you give out of nothing, you're giving the best seed ever. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk about this. I'm speaking about God, the sin, the death, the birth, the resurrection. You know, God says we need to get to a time where there is movement. Not just movement that makes noise. Where there is movement. Like COVID, when COVID came, COVID spread all over the world. It was like nothing. It was now here, here, here. COVID was all over the place. When I was preparing for the message, some of the songs I was listening to, then this message, this song popped up, Jerusalem, by Master KG. (laughs) The song popped up, and I listened to the song, and I listened to the song. You know what that song says? It says Jerusalem, Ikayalam. You know what was happening with that song? All over the world, Ah Jesus I'm saying all over the world the song was being sung was sung by people who did not understand the word was sung by the muslim was sung about i mean young and old black and white they sang the song without understanding what it meant but the word of god was being prophesied jerusalem my home jesus i said master kg you need more of those people who are going to sing the word of God. If God has given you a talent of singing and you're sitting with it, you're robbing the second talent. You're robbing the child who needs to be saved. That is your evangelism. That is your power of God that God has given you. Do not play with the talent. Master Cage sang the song. And I was looking at this children dancing. <laughs> it went from Nairobi to Kenya, everywhere. But it prophesied the word of God. We need to prophesy. God says we need to get to that stage where my word spread like wildfire. Where my word goes like wildfire. Today, I want us to pray. Thank you, Jesus. I have a burden. I've been having this burden in my heart. It's been a while now. I have a burden for the women. I have a burden for the youth. Jesus, I have the burden for the children. I just want us to pray. I want us to pray and raise the children, raise the women. People are so bad that they're sitting down. They're saying, this is too heavy for me. But most of all, I want to pray for the leaders of House of Harvest. Jesus. I want us to pray for the leaders of House of Harvest Ministries. In a while, I'm going to give a mic to Pastor Zueli. I want each and every one of you that God has called you, and you know, and you know, that God has called you in House of Harvest. And you know, and you know, God has called you into a ministry. And you know, and you know in your heart, that you're going to be here to serve the Lord. And I want us to stand up for those who know that are called. I don't want you to stand up because you like a ministry, and it looks fancy. No, no, no. no! I want you to stand up because God is calling you. It is not about playing. Because if you stand up, that means it will not go. I just want to say that we need to raise up the generation, to stand up, especially the youth. If God is calling you to the youth, raise up. The youth are crying. The youth is in shambles. The youth are smoking everything that you can imagine. I have relatives, friends of children who are going through so much trauma. You know when a child is depressed? You know when a child is starting cutting themselves because of what they are going through? Because of depression? Oh, Jesus. There's so many children are going through that. Children are locked up in so much pain that they are sitting down. They say, I do not know who to talk to. I do not know where to go. Why the church is sleeping? The church is not doing anything. The evangelism is not moving. The chairs are empty, looking at us empty and we are okay with it. Where is the evangelism? Where are the women who are supposed to be giving birth to things that are greater than we can see? Where are the women who are supposed to be wailing for this church? Where are the women who are supposed to be wailing for the country? Where are the women who are supposed to be praying and raising up angels around the situations that need to be changed? It is time. It is the moment. It is now. I want us to stand up and pray in the name of Jesus. Pastor Will is going to come back and he's going to pray. But I want the song. This song, it is for every child, every youth. God says that I'm going to wade the water. I'm going to wade the water. When I listened to that song, I said, Father, you're going to wade the water for my children. You're going to open the seas for my children. You're going to open the sea. My Father, my God, for my nephews and nieces who are going through depression. Father, you're going to wade the water on their behalf. Father, you're going to change their circumstances on their behalf. That that song, when you sing it today, sing it with understanding. Sing it with revelation. Let it change your circumstances. Let it change the next person to you, next to you. We are not going out the same today. We are not going out the same today. We are not coming back the same next week in the name of Jesus. The youth ministry is going to stand. The woman's ministry is going to stand. The man's ministry is going to stand in the name of Jesus. The men will worship in this house with truth and spirit, with no shame, but with understanding what it means to be the head in the name of Jesus. The men will come in that when the women follow, they know that there are heads in our home. There are heads in our church. There are heads everywhere. They are going to lead us. Let us be led by the men who have the vision of God. Let us be led by the men who understand who they are. We're not going to be following blindly, following men who do not know who they are. The men are going to stand up in this church. You are going to stand up. Not by might, not by the power, but by the power of the Spirit of God. The women are going to stand up. The children are going to stand up. Those ministries are going to make sense. As from today. If not, go back and pray about it. Go back and raise it up. Father, put me in the right place in the name of Jesus. Father, put me in the right ministry that when I go there, it is effective. Thank you, Jesus.